What up, people? Hello, hello, hello. Hey, 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 this is Laura. And this is Ardeen, and welcome to What Happens After Dark. Woohoo, what happens after the dark? <laughs> we are so excited today. We have a very special guest, one of our favorites. Yes. Ash. Uh, she's Laura's daughter. So. Yep, my oldest born yeah. daughter. Yeah, my old, the oldest born. For the sure. oldest born. She yep. has some interesting experiences and knowledge to share with us, so we're very excited. Yeah, excited she's to be got here. some good, good stories, and and I'm just grateful that she's agreed to do this for us today. Yes, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for being here. So, how was your week? We'd like to start with our week. Yeah, uh, it's been it's been a good week. Um, it was a bit of a, a weird mental health week, so I've been kind of battling with that. I picked up crocheting this week, <laughs> which was... An interesting experience because crocheting is a lot harder than I thought it would be. Uh, I don't know why I thought it wouldn't be hard, uh, but I, I had heard that it's really good for people who have mental illness uh, because it can give you something else to do besides having your thoughts run around in your head. Uh, but unfortunately, what ended up in, happening was me continuously learning how to just crochet a simple hook for like five hours and then redoing it over and over and over until I was happy with it. Because uh, I'm hoping to use crocheting in my own personal practice uh, as a witch. So hopefully hopefully I'm able to do it. I would like to be able to use it successfully. But it's, it's a lot harder of a skill than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. no. it's never, I used to think that knitting would be good for my mental health. But it actually made me feel more angry. And like it was not an anger management tool at all. Because oh. I couldn't get my line straight. And that oh. bothered me. Or I dropped <laughs> stitches. And I'm like, where? Where did I drop a stitch? <laughs> Anybody who knows my mom knows that she is incredibly OCD. She's a huge perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly important to her that things are very uniform. Her home is very uniform. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. I don't function in chaos at all. I love chaos. <laughs> chaos loves me. But we did something fun, the three of us together on Thursday night. We went to, uh, I think it was a first for all of us. For all of us, A, a yeah. seance. At uh, Crohn's Hollow, and uh, I definitely had my own experiences, but then I felt like I was also experiencing things that maybe others were. But I got to connect with Mary Lynn, which was amazing, and the things that they said, like the clothing items and the smoke that they were seeing and stuff, it was all spot on. All of it was spot on. It was really cool. Yeah, I won't share much of mine. <laughs> Because it was more of my dad coming through warning me and worried about me and telling me to be careful and vigilant. And so I, it made perfect sense what he was saying to me. Um, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. It was, it was a unique experience because I think any spiritual mediumship experience that I've had in the past has always been either in a very small group like our group right now uh-huh. or on my own uh-huh. so it was really crazy to get to experience it in a large group i think at some point i started smelling cut grass yes started seeing like a white shirt come to mind smelling like earth being moved through like uh-huh. someone who had been working outside and our dean was like have I you did. been smelling cut grass she said like 45 minutes yeah. into it yeah and then you said you heard someone across the room, the room say the same, the same thing. thing. Yeah. And there was definitely no cut grass in the room. We were in like a 
like a cement building. A cement yeah. building. There was incense burning right yeah. next to me that was like sandalwood. So yeah, but definitely... you can tell the difference between the incense and what you were smelling. It was like a farm kind of grass kind mm-hmm. of thing. It was nostalgic yes. almost. It made me feel like like summertime. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, just, you know, warm rays of sunshine. Mm-hmm. And we live in Utah and it's been hella cold. So it was kind of nice to experience sunshine. It's only in my memories for a quick hot minute. And there was a lot of people. There was 33 people there. She never had a group that big. Yeah, it was, it was also really cool because I remember them saying uh, that 33 was a, was a very cool number because there was 33, three seers. Uh-huh. It was a powerful number. Yeah. Uh, so it was just like a really cool experience. It was very, very interesting, and I could feel my own, like, uh, my own mediumship being, like, in tune with the Seekers, because there were multiple times where I I knew exactly what, you know, what I was feeling, and I'd whisper it, and two seconds later, they said exactly the same thing. And or, the exact same words. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. they, like, like, and she was whispering. Only us could hear her. And then they would repeat her exact same words. It's like, whoa. Yeah, it was it was super super, it was cool. super cool. And I was looking up to see because there's a um, there's a certain type of clairvoyance where it is smell. Um, it might be this one, Claire Augustance or Claire uh, Claire Um There's so when you're a clairvoyant, there's different types of clairvoyancy. So there's like Someone, you can hear someone speaking, you get images, is another one, um, smells mm-hmm. like they were getting, um, tastes even in your mouth, you can. And you don't get everything. Like, some no. people will get other things very strongly. Mm-hmm. And while I have clairvoyant capabilities, I would not say that I have as strong a talent, or I did once upon a time, as my mom does. Like, my mom has very strong clairvoyant abilities. They astound me mm-hmm. sometimes. Like the things that she'll just text me in the middle of the night or call me. Um, and she's like, I've just been warned about something happening in your life. Or she'll mm-hmm. see something and I'll have seen something very similar like in a day-to-day life and be like, oh, I just saw that like red fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. And blah, 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 blah. This happened X, Y, and Z. Mine so, is more definitely like feelings or um, like I get emotions. images, emotions. Or I do see spirits, um, but the smell one is the Claire August dance or uh, Claral back dance. That is the um, psychic sense of the clear smelling. Smell. Okay. So um, you guys definitely have that. But it was it was an eye opener for me. But it also made me feel kind of cool because I knew that I was not alone. Sometimes when you have these abilities, you know, because people poke fun at you so much. Yeah, they think you're Yeah, crazy, that you're you feel like you're like this lone island in the middle of a sea. And mm-hmm. um, especially here where I live, it's not exactly promoted. No, mm-hmm. it's not. But we're going to go to a, like a meet and greet at... Crohn's um, Hollow. At, yeah, at Crohn's Hollow, because we do want to meet other people in the community that are like us so that we don't feel so much isolation and... And stuff. So I'm excited for that. I haven't looked to see when it is. It was so much fun. And they do it quarterly. So I uh can't wait for the next dance. That was. Yeah. um, 
I've been practicing witchcraft, I think, for over five years now. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the first time that I've ever done something within the community itself because there is just, I think, a feeling of backlash. Mm -hmm. I think there are specific areas within the United States, like Seattle, Seattle, L.A. come up Mm -hmm. to mind, uh, of, like, immediate places where I think it's more open to be witchy. Yes. But, or even just spiritual and I say that like in parentheses not Christian but spiritual and in Utah that is not one of those places no I didn't think Utah was so open to this and I was shocked at the amount of people I know I was I thought maybe 10 the most Mm -hmm. but no it was it was was, we we parked out on the (laughs) side of the street guys and there was so much snow. My mom mm-hmm. drives a Scion IQ. It is super tiny. tiny. It is a smart car. And we got, we, we initially tried to park in the parking lot next door. Mm-hmm. She got stuck in the driveway. And then Ash <laughs> had to push She me was out. like, Ash, get out. You're going to have to push this damn car. <laughs> and I'm like, I am in Converse. Knock off Converse. <laughs> By the time I was done, I was like ankle deep in mud. And I was <laughs> um, I got her out, thank God. But uh, it was it was just it was nice. a good it was the community you yeah. Know? yeah I think when you believe in the supernatural when you are a witch when you are mm-hmm. spiritual it, you can accidentally become an isolationist yeah you mm-hmm. know you just start to feel like you're all alone yes. and I think I'm lucky in that where I I feel like I was raised with you you've always had these intuitive open openness. Definitely when I started practicing, you know, that was really hard for you to process. But, you know, after a couple of years, my mom jumped on board and really developed her own gifts. Mm-hmm. And now I'm really lucky to have a family and a good set of friends who may not be witches themselves or practitioners mm-hmm. of any of any alternative uh, practice. But they're all very accepting of me. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's pretty normal for my family to come over for spots and stuff. So it was just nice to have that sense of community. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's the millenniums, the new generations now mm-hmm. that are more open to that. Yeah, I think. That is coming up and is becoming a little more popular, if, if that's the right word. But Yeah, I mean, it is a more mainstream. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think people realize this, but up until, like, the 1980s mm-hmm. or late 1990s, well, it wasn't. I don't think it was technically illegal, but it was heavily frowned upon, and yes. there was definitely some violence towards people who practiced mm-hmm. alternative religions, alternative yes. ways, and it was dangerous in certain parts of the country, and it still is yes. dangerous yeah. for people like me who practice witchcraft, or just folk magic, mm-hmm. or just traditional uh, religion in parts of the United States, in any part of the world, mm-hmm. and... It's nice being able to find a community and to yeah. not be poked fun of at, you know, yeah. and not to be told you're crazy when exactly. all of a sudden you smell grass. Yes, exactly. In, in a cement room. Yes. <laughs> you know, it was it was a unique experience. I'm yes. glad I did it. I, I hope we go again. Yeah, uh, I look oh, forward we definitely, to. Yeah, we definitely I look, yeah. should. I think we need to sign up a little bit earlier and pay because I think they're going to limit the amount of people Probably. next time. Definitely. I think they will. Yeah, because I think it was overwhelming for them as well. Oh, yeah. Because- the, the cashier lady was like, I didn't know when to stop. <laughs> they came out and they were like, oh, wow, there's a lot of people here. Well, she came out and she says, okay, so it's about 20 people. Okay, let me go get more chairs. 
she comes out to let us in and she's like holy crap we need more chairs <laughs> it was it was really it fun was and the the coven that hosted it was i think earth haven coven they were amazing they, they were, were so really nice. i really enjoyed them they were did. very yeah. down i mean down to earth and they yes. explain things in layman's terms mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like it didn't feel like anyone over anyone's head nothing I just, and honestly, it was just so respectful, especially if anyone who was there who wasn't of an alternative yeah. religion, anyone there was so respectful. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It gave me faith for humanity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hoping that everyone there, if everyone there in that room could get along and coexist and yeah. be nice to one another, hopefully our, our country can get there eventually. Yeah, eventually, yeah. hopefully. Hopefully yeah. in my lifetime. It was interesting for me because at first, we were sitting there. I turned to Ash. I said, there's over a dozen spirits. And then just within seconds, I looked at Ardine. And I'm like, there's like over, I don't know what I said. How many? 22, yeah. she said now. I think it was crazy because at and some point, the, end, there was, uh, the woman, how many. Oh, it the was woman, too crowded. Uh, the initiative who was running it. So mm-hmm. there was three seers in the middle. And then there was an initiative, uh, a woman who was walking around it, kind of being the intermediary between mm-hmm. the seers and the questionnaire. Yeah. And... She at some point would clap her hands three times, you know, clear and out clear out the spirits and would ask spirits who were not accompanying the members of the room to go because there were just too many. And this, even the seers were like, we're, it's too much. After like almost an hour, they're like, it's too much. We're getting too hot. We're too overwhelmed. There's too many yeah. spirits here. We, we have to stop. Yeah. Well, it's like that. And you can I... feel like it was crowded. It felt like there was a hundred people there. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And mem- it was so hot. I kept looking at my mom and I'm like, I think I, can- I need to scoot over. There's not enough room between me and my mom. Uh, yeah. And there was plenty enough room. It just there felt was. like there was more people. more people. Like I just felt like there was people pressing in and on all sides yes. for me. Well, that's what they do. It's like that one time I woke up in the night and there were hundreds of spirits above my bed wanting my attention to give messages. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I can't handle all of you at once. Like, mm-hmm. it's just too much. And I think that's what happened. I think a good way to look at it, and sometimes I, I think about it, is that traditionally, you know, years and years and years and years ago, it was so accepted in traditions for people to talk to their ancestors, mm-hmm. to talk to the spirits of the dead. And I think modern days were always told, oh, the spirits of our dead family members are mm-hmm. close to us, but no one actually initiates those mm-hmm. conversations. And, like, I think of, like, Incan traditions. You know, people would keep mummified family members mm-hmm. in, in, like, living spaces. Yes. And it wasn't macabre. It was so that they could commune with their family dead. Mm-hmm. You look at, like... Mexican traditions with the ofrendas, mm-hmm. you know, uh-huh. having, uh, you know, the beautiful day of the, day of the, dead. the day of the dead. It's all about communicating with our mm-hmm. ancestors. And I do think that modern times has really limited that communication with our ancestors. And I do think that when things like this happen, sometimes they can't help but all want to rush in and be mm-hmm. like, listen to us, listen to us, listen to us. We have so much to say because no one is listening. Yeah. And the thing I got out of that too and with my own practice is that as long as you're calling in protection for yourself first, do that. And then you can commune with whatever spirit you want. Like you can, mm-hmm. you can call in and speak with those people. I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, but I just always caution protection. But Protection, protection, protection. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> Well, this leads well into, like, what Ash is going to discuss today, so. Awesome. Go ahead. Um, So I just want to preface this, that this does have some sensitive content, so anyone who 
has maybe some sensitivity to self-harm, um, suicide attempt, depression, maybe skip this episode or skip to the end. I will be touching very briefly, not anything overly intense or detailed, but it will brush on that. And I just want to put that out there. So I thought I would just go ahead and give like a quick like intro on who I am. I'm Ash. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. Uh, I know you've heard kind of my, my mom and our dean say she, my daughter. It's because it's fairly new. Uh, so we're all still learning my pronouns. So uh, for future, they'll use they, them. Uh, it's hard I, for me to remember, it, especially it is, being hard. your mom. <laughs> it is hard. It's harder than you think, too. And I think sometimes you can be a little sensitive about it, but I'm trying not to be. Uh, my brother-in-law just came out as trans. He's a trans man. And it's been hard to even, even as someone who is non-binary, who uses they, them, it can be kind of hard to even just remember on my own because it is something that you use on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. are these, everything is gendered. I mean, even language is gendered. Mm-hmm. Spanish is gendered. Mm-hmm. A lot of Latin uh, languages are gendered. Mm-hmm. So it is definitely something you just have to unlearn and it is really hard. So there's definitely no shame to anyone who is unlearning as long as you're making headway. effort. Um, I am a witch. I've been practicing for just over five years. I practice folk, uh, folk magic for the most part, uh, kind of eclectic folk magic. And today I'm going to share some of my experiences and the just bit of my, of my experiences is please don't be stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, this is a lifelong story almost. Uh, I, I'm going to kind of start it from when I was 16. I'm uh, almost 30 now and kind of what happens when you do something incredibly stupid and how it can affect you for over a decade later I uh, sort of I'm kind of a huge nerd massive nerd uh, I love anime I love fantasy I love sci-fi I love books and movies everything about it and D&D oh I love Dungeons and Dragons I run several D&D games I'm learning how to play Starfinder uh, my husband loves Dungeons and Dragons he's learning how to play Starjammer I'm learning how to play the root system like there's a whole variety I have dozens of fantasy novels in my home so I mean it shouldn't be any surprise that I ended up being a witch when I was older that being said, when I was 16, I really was in love with Hayao Miyazaki. I was really in love with those movies. I was especially enamored with one movie in particular, uh, Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away. And for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what Spirited Away is, Spirited Away is a movie about a little girl and her parents. They're moving in Japan from one end of Japan to the other, and she's kind of a brat about it. You know, she's a little bit spoiled. She doesn't want to leave her friends. She doesn't want to be upended from her her life and you know there is some validation there no one wants to leave their whole life when they're a child but you know Mm -hmm. life isn't always there and she's kind of a brat about it and they end up getting lost in the woods and they come to a tunnel and the tunnel leads to the spear world and her and her family end up in this bazaar and it is housed by Japanese spirits and the food there is tempting in no other way than you can ever think about and her parents she tells her parents, don't eat. I don't feel good about this. I don't think we should be here. They don't listen. And they start to partake of this food. And what ends up happening is that there's a curse on the food, and they turn into swine. They turn into pigs themselves. Oh, I remember this one. Now, to break the curse, she has to work at a bathhouse, a bathhouse for spirits. Now, I say spirits loosely. In Western culture, spirits are human. In many, many other cultures, spirits 
is an array of everything from elemental to human. When I say spirits, I am talking more about the Eastern definition of spirits. I will try to be specific in the podcast when I am talking about human spirits. So I might say those who have passed, stuff like that. And in the movie, it takes her throughout the whole thing of her rescuing her parents, breaking the curse, and she basically grows up a little bit and learns that sometimes bad things happen and you have to work really, 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 really hard to to get what you want. You can't just have everything handed to you. And it's a really great movie, but there's a lot of really cool cultural things. So one of those things is lighting spirit lanterns. And it's all throughout the movie. During the day, the spirits are awake. At night is when the spirits are. And when they do, they light the lanterns and a beautiful colorful world comes on screen. Spirits start to basically materialize that you didn't see beforehand. And I was so enamored with it. And I lived in a home on this cul-de-sac with not the greatest energy. We didn't live in the, we lived in a great neighborhood, white picket fence neighborhood with the trashiest human beings in the world. I hated them. <laughs> and there were, we lived at the end of the cul-de-sac in this beautiful home. And there was these two mature, I think oak trees, oak or maple trees in the front yard. And my bedroom at the time faced that. I had a set of blinds and I had a set of drapes. And up in the upper left corner, there was like a little hook above my drapes. And I had this wrought iron lamp that I just absolutely adored. It was a tea light lamp. And after watching the movie one day, I don't know if it was with my siblings or some friends, but as a joke, (laughs) um, I lit the tea light and said to be that are without, I call the in to all, you know, yada, yada, yada. When I say that night was still, it was glass. There was no wind. There was no clouds. It was beautiful. And I do remember the time between somewhere 12 and 3. And anyone who practices, anyone who knows their folklore knows that between that time is typically known as the witching hour. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> uh, immediately gusts of wind, leaves blew into the room. There, I didn't have a like a mesh screen, just, it was, the wind was so hard, it blew the drapes off my window, and uh, I, I pulled the lamp down, and shut the window, there was already clouds in the sky, it smelled like a storm, and it happened so fast, and immediately I just knew that something bad had happened, like, I had called something in, and my family's always been very superstitious, we've always believed in spirits, we've always believed in ghosts, uh, I have dozens of stories from when I was much younger, but my personal line, my personal things that have happened to me kind of started when I was 16 in this moment. And that's the beginning of when I was haunted. Now, I do say to preface the story that it doesn't necessarily have a happy end. I am still haunted. You know, if Hollywood got anything correct was that sometimes the scary movie doesn't end with the end. Mm -hmm. Sometimes at the end of the credits, a ghost pops out, and it's like, hey, guess what, movie number two. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's that's the reality. I have never stopped being haunted by the spirit that came to me that night. And we have just come to a truce now, but we are still very much a part of each other's, well, my life, her afterlife. Yeah, we just coexist at this point. Um, But I immediately started having nightmares, Um, I was going through a really hard time as well. We had just moved. Um, I was a very depressed teenager. We had a really hard 
childhood and I had a hard young adulthood. Uh, I was often very suicidal and these nightmares definitely pushed me to a very, very bad point. And it started off with just crazy stuff happening. And it was little bits in here. Anyone who's ever been seriously haunted before, if you ever go home or you look at a mirror or you look at your friend and you go, I don't know if I'm being haunted, then you're probably not being haunted. Mm -hmm. You know when you've been haunted. You know when you're being haunted. Because the I would put new light bulbs in my bathroom fixture mm -hmm. and it would just, they would break within a matter of minutes of being in there. So there was always a light out. No matter how many light bulbs they put in there, it would shatter. Uh, my radio would turn on and off. Uh, things would go missing. Things would fall off of sh shelves. Things would fall off of the wall. I would forget things. My mood became seriously affected. Uh, my sleeping patterns became seriously affected. And I started to see just shadow figures. Uh, a lot of them were very, very tall and thin with long, thin fingers and mouthful of teeth. I don't... In as an adult and as someone who's studied the occult now, I don't believe those devil spirits. I believe those to be shadow men, which are a different entity than a, uh, a spirit, someone who has passed away. But I do believe they were being manipulated by the spirit that haunts me today. And she appeared to me initially as a child. And I do say even a human spirit in terms of who her name is. And I do how she has given me a name Deidre. I don't even know if Deidre really is a human spirit. I have often thrown around the idea that she is demonic or something else entirely, just an entity unto her own. Only because of how she appeared to me. And actually, this is our second time recording. Yeah, this is our oh, second yeah. time recording, time. guys. Yeah. <laughs> the first time to break out. And it didn't occur to me until just now. And it's something that I've, I've known for a long time. But, you know, demons typically appear to people as children. Just, you guys aren't seeing this, but my mom, my mom has a pug, and she is wrapped around their wires because she wants to be in their laps. Really We're going to post a picture of her. <laughs> it's really cute. Little uh, but she, she started appearing to me as a child, and it... She had long black hair, a Victorian white dress, you know, tallish, you know, those black tall shoes with the little gold buckles and a green hair ribbon. And I always remember the hair ribbon because I would be lying in bed and I would see her run past my bedroom. And I remember at first just thinking I was crazy because I wasn't sleeping. I was so depressed and I just watched a lot of shows. You know, I just really thought I was crazy. And so I kept it to myself. Uh, and as things escalated, um, I started seeing her in my room, you know, as I would, as the bathroom door would close, she would be there. And I never saw her face for a really long time. I didn't see her face. Um, and then the nightmares got more intense. I started waking up with tiny bruises here and there, just tiny scratches here and there, things that were explainable. And then I started waking up with things like something on my spine, you know, a scratch that was down my spine not like horizontal but vertical along my spine that is hard to explain away a bruise finger bruises things like that it just wasn't explainable and I was scared I was so scared and at the time I was heavily religious um, I grew up in the Latter-day Saint uh, church I was Mormon um, and I was very faithful I had a crap ton of faith and for those who might say oh well you weren't so faithful if you left it well that was that's a whole other story y'all but I was extremely faithful then, and I would pray 
every night. I would read my Bible. I would read the Book of Mormon. I'd be like, Jesus will take us away. Jesus never took it away. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, I dealt with it. I took care of it. The deities that I work with, they helped me. Um, and the nightmares got more intense until I started seeing, like, in my dreams, these very large hands along the edges of my bed. And they would just move up and down like spiders. They were so quick and nimble. And eventually, I just it just escalated until one night I turned over on my right side and I just saw her face, you know, from the nose up and just this crazy-ass smile. I could see the tips of her smile, no eyes, very dark. And I watched this child thing grow into an adult. And I remember just, I thought I was going to shit myself. I kid you not. I was so scared. And it was the first time I think I can really think of experiencing sleep paralysis if you've never experienced sleep paralysis and it's like nothing i can explain it is simultaneously if you've ever had a dream where you're falling and yeah. you feel like your body just the moment where you contact the yeah. cement it feels like you're held in that moment perpetually you just yeah. feel like you're about to hit the cement you're gonna it's just so much anxiety and your your whole body is tensed and you can't move and you can't breathe you can't it's talk. just you panic can't do anything. And I would just wake up tears on my face. I would wake up where there were impressions of hands or things holding down my sheet. Like, there were physical traces of things happening. And I never told my mom. And at the same time, I also, there were renters who had moved into the upstairs bedrooms. It was a mom and her two, her, her two small kids. And they started experiencing some things, too. And I, I mean... I even forgot about that the first time we were recording. And I remember us one late night after a really bad nightmare. And in the nightmare, this woman appeared on my ceiling. Uh, it actually reminds me a lot of the scene in Supernatural when the mom is killed by the demon and she's wreathed in fire on the ceiling. If you've ever seen that show. Yeah, it's I like didn't the very see first until, episode, huh? Yeah, I actually didn't see that episode until after I was 16. So if any of you are like, oh, you probably just think of that subconsciously. No, I didn't see that episode until I was like 21 because I wasn't allowed <laughs> to watch Supernatural, okay? That's how Christian we were. That was the devil's show. Um, and <laughs> oh my, <what> <laughs> <laughs> we, my mom was a much different person than she is on this podcast now. And I remember um just being terrified because the ceiling was coming towards me and my bed was rushing to meet it and she outstretched a hand and she constantly would tell me in my dreams I want to touch you I want to touch you I'm going to make you mine I want to touch you and I just would constantly resist and resist and resist and it was hard to resist anyone who's ever been in my in my shoes who's ever had a demonic um encounter it is much harder to resist than you think because it is just fear it's this extreme period. And I say demonic loosely because I'm not Christian and I don't believe in demons the same way other people do. So I consider them just shadow entities. Um, if anything, I consider them corrupted spirits of some kind. Um, but I'm also, I mean, I do believe in some way that most pantheons all exist. I, ex I do believe that in some way, shape, or form, there's so much belief in the Christian pantheon that it has come into existence. So there's some contradictions there but regardless of whatever you believe in and i use the word demon then kind of loosely um demon in that it accurately describes what i'm talking about but not what i believe okay she i, I just remember i just remember thinking I'm, I'm gonna die i really thought i was gonna die if she touched me i was so 
enraptured with fear. I woke up and there were three scratches underneath my eye. Like, cat scratches. Um, I kind of remember that. I was terrified. I also had some, like, bruises and stuff on my back. And that was the first time that I woke up and I bolted. Just ran straight downstairs to my mom. She woke up. She came in and we just prayed and prayed and prayed. Neither one of us, by the way, felt any better after praying. Um, And it woke up the woman uh, who was staying upstairs with us. And we sat on my bed in my room and we all talked about these experiences. We talked about the experiences we've had overall in our lifetimes and about how we all just kind of had felt like there was something in the house lately. And it was never really resolved. I just continued to have these nightmares, continued to have these experiences, continued to be haunted. And like a lot of other people who are haunted, when you're constantly accosted by this kind of imagery and this kind of fear, eventually your mind snaps. And mine did. I ended up um, admitted to the hospital because they had tried to commit suicide. And a large part of it was that. And not that I didn't have other more mundane problems going on in my life, but definitely this creature, this person, latched on to those already existent mm-hmm. feelings and made it much worse. Just amplified them. Yeah. As I got older, she just followed me. Mm-hmm. She followed me from place to place. So she attached to She me. definitely attached to me. Um, she really anchored in me. When I went to college, uh, I, I went a little wild. Um, anyone who's <laughs> lived a kind of sheltered childhood you hit college when there's no parents around yeah, and you're a few really cities go, away. You, you know what I'm talking with. about. <laughs> you, you want to experience things yeah. you weren't allowed to experience. And I did. And for a little while, I kind of stopped seeing her. But every so often, things would fall off my shelves. Um, things would go missing. Or just really bad luck would happen to me. Anyone who practices witchcraft would know that when you're jinxed or hexed or cursed and things bad things repeatedly happen to you, you know that there's bad mojo. And at the time, I just thought it was coincidences. Just, you know, losing $100. Mm-hmm. I lost $100 once when I was a starving college kid. And, I mean, losing $100 now would hurt. But, like, I have a job. I didn't have a, a reliable income then. Yeah. You know, I was living That's off of potatoes, rice, and onions. <laughs> I didn't even have money for ramen. Okay, <laughs> and that hundred dollars, I cried for days. It led me into some serious suicidal episodes, and it just got worse. In that summer, the summer after my first two semesters, um, my mom and I started taking care of this woman. She was a cancer patient, and she was dying, and we got really close to her. Yeah, and one day. She was on her deathbed, and... Yeah, Ash and I were there when she passed. I remember I was there, and I was so afraid to touch her. Anyone who's ever been around someone who was dying, either a pet or someone, you've held something that is dying, it is a physical effect to walk, to feel someone die. Yeah. Uh, your body registers it on a physical level, and it's just it's heart-rending. And she was not willing to give up the ghost. She did not no. want to go, and... My mom had asked me, please hold her hand. Please tell her it's okay to go. And I didn't want to. I did not want her to go. I loved this woman. She was a, a friend, a confidant. spent a lot of time with her. I would read to her. We watched movies. We crafted. I mean, she crafted. I tried. I'm terrible at crafting. Um, as we've talked about the crocheting. And <laughs> I held her hand as she passed. And I was just so hard. And uh, what ended up happening was actually... 
her spirit stuck around in her home. We actually ended up renting her home from her yeah. relatives for a while. And the thing is, is that my, my mom is very receptive to spirits and she passed that on to me and my sister. My sister is, I think, more so receptive to human spirits who have passed on than I am. It's just that she's really shut down her abilities because they scare her. Uh, my brother is not receptive at all for the most part. No, things happen to him and Zach is like, okay. But he is also very gifted, but he just doesn't acknowledge that. Yeah, yet. you know, he just, he, his third eye is firmly closed and he yeah. likes it that way. Yes. And I, I've always kind of been like, you know what, let's do it. You know, yeah. like, let's, let's do it. And we started seeing her pop up around our room especially when we were sleeping we'd wake up and she would be there and for my brother to even see her was incredible and it took a long time for I think even after we left for her spirit to leave I think my mom said her mentor Mary Wilde had to come and help her spirit be released yeah she had to release it from me because she had attached and she was she was not pleasant when she left like no, her she was such a was caring not... loving woman in life but I think death had been extremely hard on her yeah, she, she was not a, a very friendly um, earthbound, because she was definitely, like, earthbound. She would not cross over to the other side. Oh, wow. And I think what kind of ended up going from there was that that experience had really opened up my third eye, and I started really seeing ghosts for the first time. I'd always seen things, but I'd never seen apparitions, and... You know, it goes one of two ways. I think when you start to see and experience the supernatural, either it really, you become very egocentric about it or you become uh, a little afraid of it. And I think humility comes later. I don't think you start out the gate with humility. And I was really tapping into the clairvoyancy that I inherited from my mom. And I took that into college with me the next semester. And, you know, I just did things that I wasn't supposed to. I started realizing that I had a gift for astral projecting. And when my friends from up north, because he from Snow College where I went was in the south, they would come down from uh, Salt Lake, or and not Salt Lake, I think it was Springville. They would come from Springville and they'd come visit me. And it was almost like a game, you know, like when you call you know, like in the craft when they get yeah. together and they play like uh, light as a feather. It was that kind of energy. We would astral project together. And at the time, I didn't have a name for it. I wasn't protecting myself whatsoever. And so what ended up happening is that I started gathering other spirits to me. And I had no idea. Mm -hmm. More and more spirits started to attach themselves to me. And I started to make worse and worse decisions. I started having nightmares again. I wasn't sleeping. Um, I was waking up with more and more scratches and things. And I was seeing the spirit, Deidre, more and more and more and more often. And it was getting scary. But because at this time I had kind of started to wean myself off of Christianity, but I didn't have anything to replace it. I didn't know about protection then. I didn't know anything about what I was in. But I was still part of a family that was very Christian. I wasn't really knowledgeable. And I wasn't in a situation where I felt I could safely say, I want to learn about witchcraft. I want to learn about protection work because there was only the option of protection through Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want protection through Jesus because I didn't believe in Jesus. And Jesus had never even helped me. And it escalated one night. I was living in an off-campus apartment and I was walking home. Now, I don't know if anyone else can remember, but in 2014, there was a blood wolf moon. It was a oh, super yeah. moon. It was massive. massive. 
And I have never felt energy like this in my life. But I felt insane. I felt crazy powerful. And I got home and my roommates weren't there. And I turned on some of my favorite music. I love Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. I'm a total emo kid. I'm always in black. Yeah. And I got more and more depressed, oddly enough. And I looked out the, out the window uh, and I just, I saw her full body standing across the street. And behind her were just dozens of other spirits. And I thought, I'm going crazy. I'm going insane. I'm going insane. This, isn't, this can't be real. Um, I shut the, the, the curtains. I turned off my jumpsuit apparatus. I put on the LDS Mormon tabernacle. <laughs> Pulled out my Bible and my Book of Mormon because I didn't know which one I was going to need. And just started reading aloud. <laughs> and was like, God save me. And I got more and more depressed and closer and closer to suicide. And kid you not, um, our dishwasher disposal turned on. Three glasses fell off, off the countertop, and it felt like there was an earthquake. I thought I was experiencing an earthquake, and uh, I, I heard things like crash in my room. I was like, there is something is attacking me. There is a, I believe I heard a ghost story once about, I don't remember what the story was, but it was about a home where there was spiritual attack, and it was constantly thumping on the outside of this house, and it would cause massive perforations in their siding which is thick metal siding that's what it sounded like it sounded like something like guns were going off in my room it was just intense and I laid down on the kitchen floor of my apartment and I was just so depressed because I thought what is happening like I am under attack and God is not here for me like I am alone and no one is helping me like I have done everything my mom has told me I've done everything that Mary Lynn told me to do None of this is working. God has abandoned me. And, like, I say that now, and it was such a devastation. And I can realistically look at that moment and look back on it and say that was probably the beginning of when I decided that I was no longer going to be Christian. And I saw, and I say saw because anyone who has the sight, anyone who has mediumship of any quality knows that when you see things, it happens in kind of like a weird phase. You can be awake, but you don't really see it through your eyes. You see it through your third eye. And everybody experiences that differently. The room got very, very cold. It was like our thermostat had broken. And this was close to summer. It was not cold. It was a warm night. And it got chilly. Um, I think I afterwards I looked at our thermostat. It was like 75 outside because it was verging. It was like... 50 degrees in my apartment going and going down it was cold and she came crawling like something out of the exorcist (laughs) around a corner and I just watched her get closer and closer and she laid so that her head was next to my head but our feet were in opposite directions and she put her hand out to me and it was an offering and she said you're gonna touch me now you're gonna be mine and I was in such a dark place. And I don't regret what I did because I honestly think that it, that it freed me from some misconceptions that I had about my own spirituality. But I, I put my hand in hers. 
And I kid you not, it felt real. I, my hand got cold and it was like I blinked and she wasn't there anymore. Um, I picked up the glasses that had fallen off the counter, found all of my textbooks had just shot off my desk <laughs> like a cannon in my room. Just um, trying to figure out what the hell was happening with my thermostat. Um, <laughs> sat down in a corner of the room and cried. And for a really long time, I didn't see her. Um, I had a few more experiences uh, in college. I had one where I was working for this really old guy. Um, and he was... Oh, oh the guy next door. Oh, my God. Home. Same he apartment. Because um, I stopped shit. seeing this woman for a while, Deidre, uh, as I've come to call her. But it I was still stupid. I was, so. you know, I didn't make good decisions spiritually or mundanely. <laughs> and he was this old man, maybe 70 plus, easily. Oh. And he couldn't move around his house. So I said, hey, I'll clean it. And he got real, real weird sexually. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, sir? I'm not going to keep cleaning your house. It's, I don't like it. And he got. He trapped her on an aisle in Walmart. Mm-hmm. Started following me. Yeah. He showed up oh. at my, at my, because my mom lived in the same town. She actually ended up moving out toward Ephraim. Ended up at our house. It got yeah. hard. We had to call the police. He and was freaky. At that point, I don't, if you're, if you're a practitioner. Just doing something nice for him. Yeah, no, he accused me of stealing money from him. I'd never stolen anything oh. from him. Um, if you're a practitioner, you know that the, the evil eye is like a jinx and mm-hmm. energy sent, a lot of bad energy sent mm-hmm. towards someone can become a jinx or become a, uh, like a hex. Uh, eventually I think he, he jinxed or hexed me and I started seeing him in my dreams and I would wake up one night. It got to a point I was living with a, a couple of roommates and they were good friends of mine. One was Navajo and she woke up one day and I had finger marks around my necks. Because uh, I had had a dream where he was trying to choke me to death. Um, I woke up, tears in my eyes, and she goes, we've got to do something. This isn't okay. He's going to kill you. Yeah. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to kill you. And she said, let's smudge it. So we okay. tied plastic bags to all the, the fire alarms. She took out a smoke stick, and we smudged the shit out of that apartment. Um, it was a college dorm room. It was, it was not great. And that night I had a dream where he appeared in my room. It cloaked in gray mist. He looked like he was made out of mist and smoke. And he just radiated evil. And I thought I was going to die. And um, my roommate appeared in my dream. But in the dream, she was in like Navajo costume. She was in her regalia. And she sent smudge smoke at him and he was repelled never bothered me again turned out a couple years later he had died a few days after that dream yeah thank goodness Mm because he was he either died a few days before or after i can't remember um let's see later on after that deidre came visiting me i went to teach in china for a few Mm -hmm. months for a semester uh and I had some scary experiences while I was there. I didn't make, again, not the best uh, decision-making from young Ash. And better decision-making now. But, you know, 21-year-olds don't make the best decisions. And that's where the coexisting started happening with Deidre. She started helping me. I was in a dangerous situation. We had... One of the girls had made a friend while she was there online. and She was intent on meeting this person. And we were like, don't do it. You don't know this person. We don't know who they are. And she had snuck out. 
she left the school where we were teaching at. We were only we were always supposed to go out with a second person. We were never supposed yeah. to go alone. And so we followed her. Me and like three other girls. Turned out it was a dangerous situation. Um, I, I won't go too much into it. It was it was very traumatizing for me. And what ended up helping was that I saw we were we were something was going to happen, and I saw Deidre. And she pointed at a taxi and was like, get out, go, you need to leave. And I was like, all right, we got to get out. And I, I was like, you know what, you guys can stay, but I'm not going to die for your stupidity. Yeah. I've done my part. I tried to help you, but I'm not dying for you people. Exactly. I'm not. And um, they got really emotional about it. They're like, we're going to be okay. And I'm like, they are going to come back in this room and they're going to kill us. They're going to sell us. They're going to rape us. I don't know what they're going to do, but we're in trouble. This is not a safe part of where we were. Yeah. Um, we were in a room without windows. Um, and this is the first time I'm hearing this. So right now, <laughs> I want to wrap my hands around your <laughs> like, uh, like, I had left that room and was walking out of the building. That's where I saw the taxi. And I was like, we were in a room without windows. Like, it's not a safe place. We need to leave. I don't care whatever <laughs> and turns out that we had told the school what had happened they're like we're glad that you guys left like those are bad people they're known to traffic oh, God. Oh, my God. um teacher saved my life and you know over the years she's helped me immeasurably when i've come okay. into really bad situations most recently my mom and my brother-in-law diego and my sister were traveling from idaho and they were all going through i think diego and my sister were going through some third eye opening stuff and diego was especially susceptible susceptible to, to spirits and future just kind of showed up i was sitting there and i got really cold i got really cold my head was against the window and for anyone who practices reiki for anyone who practices meditation when you meditate or you experience reiki or you can go to an above place, you know, somewhere in yeah. your soul that you go to. Mm -hmm. And we were just conversing. And she was just like, I need you to stay with me for a couple of minutes. Just need you to stay with me. And I was like, okay, I'll stay with you. And we did. And what I didn't realize was that Diego was getting sick. He was being, being a, uh, a t uh, yeah, he was being attacked by an he got really, really sick. He started getting dizzy. We had to pull had the car to over. That Everybody was really sick. I was the only one not affected. So Deidre had kind of stepped in and taken it for me. Now, that being said, Deidre, whatever she is, whatever kind of entity she mm -hmm. is, has corruption. And I don't say corruption. She is a creature of duality. So there are times when she and I coexist and there are times when she and I do not. And there have been times recently where I have just thrown her from my house and I had an elemental spirit in my backyard eat her. She's still alive, but he's <laughs> taken her under his wing until she is not going to harm me because yeah. she was harming me. But when I made that deal with her on my kitchen floor, I, that's, that's where I was. And the thing is, I don't regret the deal anymore because I am who I am now. That being said, do I, you know, there are a lot of de demonologists, there are a lot of witches who work with demons, 
And they would all yell at me for doing what I did, but I'm a smarter person now. I would never do what I do now. Um, I think something that just like, like recently happened, uh, I had a, I had adopted a couple of rabbits Mm. and my husband had made the mistake of not locking my dog's kennels. They broke down two doors to get to my rabbits and while they didn't like, (coughs) excuse me, like tear apart my rabbits, they scare them to death. Rabbits are prey animals and Mm -hmm. their hearts are very weak. Now, predating this for about a week before I'd had several nightmares of an entity standing at my property line and if anyone who knows me knows that I have many layers of protection on my home Mm -hmm. but recently I've been really depressed and they've kind of been lax I haven't been doing what I should be doing uh, to keep myself safe and Deidre had been prompting me for a while you know something's attacking your house you should do something about it and for weeks I didn't do anything about it and I started dreaming about a massive darkness with things and teeth just watching my house. Um, Stuff started falling off my shelves. I was missing things, and I never put two and two together. And the thing is, is that my husband never forgets to lock the kennel. He never does. Mm -hmm. He never forgets to. He never forgets to close the doors. It was just this really freak coincidence. Mm -hmm. And I've come to learn, having practiced long enough as I have, that coincidences don't happen. Mm -hmm. And they died. And... A couple nights later, we decided to do a ritual uh, to let them go. And we were doing a ritual, and we had we have bags of cereal, like most people do, on top of our fridge. Mm-hmm. And my husband, who was very upset because he blamed himself, and there was a little blame there, but I didn't, I wasn't, I was upset with him, but we were, we've moved past it. And a bag of cereal, no joke was shoved off it. And it wasn't like, oh, it fell off. It was yeah, it just tipped over. shot off my refrigerator across the room into my dining room area. And my husband just looked up and goes, I think something is in our kitchen. And he went to get up out of the circle. It was a circle of salt and said, sit your ass back down. You don't leave the ring yeah, of salt until I close it. Mm-hmm. Um, as that happened, I had two glasses break. And my kitchen sink just shattered. They didn't fall. They were in the kitchen sink, and just shattered, just exploded. Um, I cleansed my house. Everything went good. I put up new protection warrants, and things have been better since. But what I have learned in the years that I have been practicing is protection, protection, protection. Mm-hmm. You know, it is so easy to, you know, want to go go something or to interact with the supernatural, mm-hmm. and you don't protect yourself. So... When I say protection, people are going to be like, well, how do I protect myself? If you are a Christian and you have rock-solid faith, one, why are you ghost hunting? Just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, two? It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> two? I don't you know, know if to you, protect myself, but I've experienced so much. I'm, I'm curious about it. Yeah, if you are curious well, about it because be you've experienced safe. it, mm-hmm. if you... I say, you know, if you are Christian and you're not comfortable with other forms of protection, wear a cross. Yeah. I don't know how effective that is because it never worked for me. Mm-hmm. And for other friends that I have who are devout Christian, it hasn't worked for them. Holy water hasn't worked for them. Mm-hmm. And I think if it did work, we wouldn't have exorcism. That's true. I know, but I think that there's protection exactly. different for 
other people. Like I'm heavily reliant upon my crystals and rocks. Those are protections yeah. for me. Those are protection wards. I'm always wearing, not right now, but I know it's kind of weird home. that you're not, yeah. you're always, you're always wearing But crystals. I have at least two to three hundred dollars. Two to three hundred crystals if, in my home. If not, yeah. I mean, she's got several hundred dollars worth of crystals, y'all. Oh, okay. If not, more, more than, than that. Yeah. But so, depending on what your practice is, find what your practice's protection is. Mm-hmm. For me personally, that is spell sachets, mm-hmm. that is cleansing water, that is incense, that is crystals, mm-hmm. that is oh, I love incense spell work. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, and just kind of putting it out there, that protection work can look scary for other Mm -hmm. traditions Mm -hmm. um for people who have seen poppets uh, a popular form of poppet is a voodoo doll they're not evil if you ever have a chance to see a voodoo doll and you've got pins in them a lot of the time they're not it's protection it is protection for their home and it's protection for their person Mm -hmm. Uh, my home has several forms of protection i have animal bones as protection and it's a little disconcerting please don't Please take that with a grain of salt. Uh, it is disconcerting for me to see a cross. Yeah. <laughs> a cross to me doesn't give me hope. It gives me fear for a number of reasons. But I don't let it, I don't let it cloud my judgment of other people. At least I, I try not to. Um, please keep in mind that protection is, you know, different depending on the person. And please don't judge other people for their protection. Exactly. Um, but if you're going to be dealing with the supernatural, if you're going to be dealing with ghosts, you know, you don't know what you're going to draw in. And while I came to a coexistence with the entity that I call Deidre, who works and lives with me, it is not that way for everyone. Mm-hmm. There are many, many, many recorded cases of demonic hauntings mm-hmm. that last decades and sometimes generations. Yeah. Please, please, please don't mess around with the supernatural. It is don't not safe. Take it as a game. Don't yeah. take it as yeah. a game. Take it seriously and learn. If that's something you're curious about, you know, get the knowledge. If you are interested in protection work and mm-hmm. you don't know what that is outside of, like, calling on Jesus, or maybe you're not mm-hmm. religious, uh, Jason Miller has written some excellent books on protection. Uh, I highly suggest his mm-hmm. works. Um, t- contact your local metaphysical shop. Mm-hmm. They have some great experts who work, uh, and I would even suggest talking to multiple um, mm-hmm. because th- not every practice will suit you. Mm-hmm. That is true. This is Crystals truth. don't work for me the same mm-hmm. way that they work for my mom. Mm-hmm. Another form of my protection is that I have like a boatload of houseplants. Mm-hmm. I have a couple, but I've been told by a palm reader that I need to have way more than I do for protection. I have, I work with some deities and they help protect my home. My mom works with ancestor spirits and guardian spirits. That doesn't work for me. I work, I have a spell that I use. It's a servitor spear. I have two servitors that I use to protect my property um, from attacks. I have witch bottles. Um, I have other spells hanging on my walls. My mom uses Mm -hmm. the evil eye symbol to reject the evil eye. There are people who use spell where spells like return to sender. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're doing, just make sure that when you're out there ghost hunter, when you're out there interacting with spirits, some are going to be great. It's going to be like the seance. You're mm-hmm. going to get to have some really great experiences, mm-hmm. but that's because we did it the right way. So if you're new to spirit work, pick up a book on spirits. Yes. Please don't just Google it. Pick up a book. Talk to someone who's done it before. 
don't mess around because you know what Hollywood has gotten some stuff right. Sometimes it's scary as all fuck. Mm-hmm. Please, please, please be careful with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm a walking example of what happens. And while it worked out for me, it may not work out for you. Exactly. No, no. and that's, I mean, we all have, like, my Buddha is one of my protectors. Um, I have two Buddha, spa, uh, two Buddha statues that look completely different than each other. I've got my Lord Ganesha altar um, elephants are a huge protection for me. They're also one of my power animals. So I have elephants all over the place on my wall and statues. Um, I also have my Jizu monk as one of my protectors. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just, just really like. Keep in be- mind too, that if you're out there actively looking for spirits, mm-hmm. you are opening your third eye. Yeah. So things are going to, you know, if you knock, Things are going to knock back. And they Mm -hmm. might not knock back in the way you think. It might not be while you're in a cemetery. It might Mm -hmm. be while you're brushing your teeth Mm -hmm. and they uh, knock something off your shelf. It might be when you've had one too many and you're driving home. Mm -hmm. It could be a lot of different things. And it's not always what you think either. So, you know, just, you know, be careful. I'll tell you, one time I went to the movies by myself and... I was sitting on the bench waiting for my pretzel sticks in the lobby of the Regal Theater. Mm-hmm. And these two guys walked past me and I thought, gosh, their energy is bad. Well, we both were, go- we were going to the same movie and I was here and there was maybe five seats in between us. And we were about halfway through the movie and something kept yelling at me, get up and leave now. You need to leave now. And I was like, but I'm watching the movie. I want to see it. And no, you need to leave now. And all of a sudden, I felt like something was attacking me. And so I had a friend look into that, and she's like, yes, they had a demon attachment. And it, the reason why you felt that, because I was nauseous. I felt mm. so nauseous. And um, they, their purpose was coming to this movie because the demon that was attached to them was after me. And so, um, you know, you just, even just going out your front door, I, you know, I try to always remember to put a Reiki grid over myself. And I, sometimes I forget. The times that I have forgotten are the times that some crazy-ass shit happens to me. So Also keep in mind that certain protection practices, on like an ethical note, are closed practices. Voodoo is a closed practice. Hoodoo is not. Um, keep in mind that technically saging is a closed practice. It is a Native American practice. Mm-hmm. Unless you have permission from a chieftain or a tribe, don't smudge. Uh, it is a closed practice. I sage my house all the time. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> uh, also, if you are going to use something like saging, um, it is just clearing energy. If you mm-hmm. are just clearing energy, you leave it open to other energies taking root. So you want to make sure you put good energy on top of it. Other things that aren't closed practices are things like lavender. It's a great clearing energy. Mm -hmm. Dragon's blood, great clearing energy. Um, I'm not 100% sure on Palo Santo, but I believe it is. Yes, it is. Um, There's a lot of juniper. Juniper is a great one. Rosemary. Rosemary. Rosemary is very good for protection as well. There's just a lot of things that you can do. So, and I know this all sounds phantasmagorical. And you know what? It is until it happens to you. I was just messing around with a tea light. And now I am over a decade long and I have a demon friend. (laughs) 
So, and I for life (laughs) (laughs) for life, who is rooted in my soul, (laughs) and I say that all with you know jokes. And I have had too many other. I have so many other friends with so many other stories, and it's no joke, guys. It really is out there. Just be smart. Don't do anything stupid. Thank you, thank you, thank Thank you, you, Ash. Thank you for sharing. Pleasure having you. We can't wait to have you back to tell us more because she has plenty more. Yep. So we're just going to disclose and let you know how you can find us, how you can listen to our episodes. Um, so look at it, look for us on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, iHeart, Samsung, Podcast Inbox, Deezer, Listen Notes, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Podcasts, RSS.com, and tune in and please email us at whathappensafterdarkll at gmail.com. Please send us your stories so that we can put them out there. We're ready to start doing sure. some listening listeners' tales. So mm-hmm. please, please send us that. Anything you have, yeah. we'll be happy to put it out there. Uh, you can also find us on social media. On Facebook, we are as Luna Wad, W-H-A-D, Lee. Uh, Instagram, we're What Happens After Dark, LL. TikTok, it's Wad1210. And we also have a Patreon site. If you go to patreon.com, you can find it there at What Happens After Dark. And if you want to donate, um, go ahead, please. That'll help us advance with our podcast and um, be able to bring more um, episodes to you and better and improve our podcast and our skills. So we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you being with us here tonight. And... Thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you. So, good. Bye. Bye.